We are in downtown Hagerstown. I'm at the Flying Camel. This is my flagship spot um, where I, anytime I podcast from the, the city of Hagerstown, Washington County, good friend Julie Castillo allows me to use this new renovated spot. My guest today, Michael Fitzgerald Mike, um, he, this, was, this is your first time down here, right? Yeah. Well, and nobody knows better than you about unique, interesting concepts. So, Mike, I, I you know I wanted to bring you onto the podcast because I found you to be fascinating. I grew up, born and raised here in in Hagerstown. Grew up in Washington County, and you know, there's 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 this spirit of entrepreneurship that is, I believe, is taking hold in Western Maryland, especially here in Hagerstown. It's happened. The revolution has begun and ha- and has been stable in Frederick. I mean, we see what's happening. Well, you got to remember, Frederick was a farm community when Hagerstown had Warner Brothers in four locations, um, Bonton, Macy's downtown. Hagerstown, the big difference in contrast, and I do a lot in Frederick. You know, I, I love Frederick City at the 15 Castle Condos. And right. Yeah, we're on 2nd Street. But the difference in Hagerstown is you got wider streets and bigger buildings, and that's because Hagerstown was a hub city when Frederick was a farming city, so it's a reason you have the bigger buildings. Now, I think that... Well, before you get into that, let's talk about who... People may not have any idea who you are. Most people in Hagerstown will know exactly who Michael Fitzgerald is, but, Mike, why don't you talk about who you are, your background, and where you, what you, what your career is. Okay, so when I was younger, I went to Sixth Different Elementary Schools. I ended up in Sharpsburg. And, uh, six different. Six different. I moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, from, from there, I spent, you know, most of my uh, young adult life before I was, before I was 18 in Sharpsburg. I went to Boonesboro High School. Then I went active duty military, military for three years. I was wow. in the Marine Corps. And then um, when my Army service came, came to its end, um, I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, I was constantly dreaming of what I was going to do. I used to get in trouble in school because the teachers, the, you know, the class would start at 2 o'clock. And from 2 o'clock to 2 o'clock, I'd say in my head, I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to pay attention. Then the bell would ring, and start, I, I was daydreaming. <laughs> so it, it wasn't that I was bad in school, but I, um, I called a rent-to-own out of the newspaper. I was driving down on 40. Where, um, where the old dog patch bar used to be right in that area. Oh, yeah. I know where that is. I was driving down 40 back into Hagerstown, <clears throat> and I called a rent-to-own ad in the Herald Mail newspaper. The fellow in the line was Dave Murch, hmm. and um, he said, I sounded like I'd make a much better investor than uh, renting down in his house, and told me about the real estate clubs in, in D.C. and Baltimore. Before the end of the conversation, he mentioned I could buy real estate no money down. And, you know, in, in Boonesboro... Um, I, I was actually, my senior year, as embarrassing as it sounds, I was voted most gold. So <laughs> I credit that to my ability to, like, believe in things. So when he said I could buy houses, no money down, I believed him. I started going to the real estate clubs in D.C. and Baltimore. And within three months, I had my first no money down property deal where I made a deal with an individual for X number of dollars for his property. Then I could make everything I sold for over X by fixing it up. Then uh, from a one-bedroom apartment, um, 11 years ago, I purchased, or 10 years ago, I purchased my home in Sharpsburg. I grew up in back. Um, I moved my parents back into it. And um, I've, I've been in business 15 years now. I have the Grand Piano Building, the Professional Arts Building, uh, various apartment complexes. 
and, and I'm operational in a, in a few other places. We, so you would classify yourself as your day job. You're a, you're a real estate developer, cut and dry. Real, real estate investor, developer, entrepreneur. Nah, so, and you're located, interestingly enough, here in the city of Hangerstown. I'm also fund manager. A fund so I, have, I have a Reg D fund that went through the SEC, and uh, we're, we're, we're targeting 10-12% on hard money related, and it's going really good. We've got a third-party administrator, Redwood, and um, I, I don't want to brag about returns to investors, but they've been more for 10% the last couple of quarters. That's been good. So, it, it, look, here we are in Washington County, downtown Hagerstown, and Mike, you you have a front row seat to much of the action. You understand the business community. You understand what it takes to really the nuts and bolts of literally developing something into from nothing to something. Getting along, working together, and understanding it's not easy, especially being a local developer, and, and not in these buildings, a lot of them, organizations will come in. They'll throw five, ten million dollars at them in, in the buildings the size I'm doing. I don't have the luxury of doing that. So, but what, what I'm doing is I'm betting on Hagerstown. I'm, I'm going into the buildings. I am doing major renovations, but I'm, I'm managing it myself and I'm betting. I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, hey, you know, 30, 40 years ago, everybody retreated from downtowns. Now everybody wants to live in the downtown again. They like convenience. I'm looking at Frederick, where you can buy a condo for six or seven. I mean, a Condo art row home for six or seven hundred thousand in Hagerstown, the same investments, you know, eighty, ninety thousand, a hundred thousand. And I'm looking at 07 and I'm, t- I'm telling myself, one oh seven half duplexes and row homes are selling for a hundred fifty, two hundred thousand in the city. I, I think because of the recession, the city got more hurt than it should and it slowed the growth down more than it should have. So I think what's going on right now, what you're seeing with the Maryland Theater Project, is really a catalyst. But, you know, the 500 students at University of Maryland going to 750 students and uh, the, the over 100 student dorms going downtown, I think Hagerstown is a great future. I think it's a great place to come invest. You have your pulse on the community. You've been all over Annapolis. You have a relationship with the governor. And tell me, let's, let's talk a little bit about the politics of Washington County and Hagerstown. Mike, how old are you? Okay, so 35. I'm 33, and you have clearly an accomplished career. As I said earlier, you have your pulse on this community. You understand it. You understand how it operates, the players involved. And trying to explain Washington County, being from here, a native, born and raised, is somewhat difficult when you head downstate, and especially I live now in Montgomery County, it's, it's hard to explain it. And they say, well, what's the tone? What's the narrative? Or what's the backdrop of the community? And I can name about 15 different things, but they, we, we inevitably turn back to the conversation. What's, why can't Hagerstown be more vibrant, more thriving? What is the hang-up here? Is there a mentality, Mike? That, perception. Yeah. 100% perception. Is that what it is? There's 20 couple restaurants in the core now. You have a beautiful downtown. you got a lot of cool buildings. How many restaurants? Um, there's over 21 restaurants in Hagerstown okay. in the city. And that's not counting the outskirts or anything like that. So in downtown, I mean, you can walk to a dozen of them in the <laughs> space. I mean, the way the city's set up with the cultural trail, the park, I mean, we're just a National Geographic. Hagerstown's underrated, and it's, it's underbattled. Too many people left because of the strict regulations and because the market went so downhill and it caused the population of people living downtown 
and I want to be careful with this, not to be, I, I don't want to say less desirable, what I want to say is um, not the, not the, not the general, not, not the, Let's just be brutally honest, and and like I said, that's part of what this show is all about, is being brutally honest about what plagues the issues. People don't feel safe in downtown Hagerstown. They just don't feel it. You walk around downtown now, as you said, it's a perception, and they don't feel safe because they heard something or read something, and I have read multiple posts on that group, What's Going On in Hagerstown. You've probably seen it on Facebook. I remember a post where somebody said, tell me about Hagerstown. What is there to do? I'm moving here. And there was hundreds of comments from people that just dissed the hell out of this city. And it pissed me off almost because... Well, it does, because how, how can you... They're, they're hurting the growth, the inevitable growth of, of a great city. I mean, we're on 81, we're on 70, we have excess of 70, 270. We don't need... Everybody gets confused. Everybody says, hey... Hagerstown, even though we're in the D.C. corridor, we're at the end of it. Everybody says, hey, well, we're not in D.C. corridor like Frederick. We're just at the end of the D.C. corridor. Well, here's, here's the real thing. Hagerstown was a hub city when there was nothing between Hagerstown and D.C., including Frederick. Yeah, and a hub city as far as commutes uh, or trains and automobiles. I mean, yeah. this was a this was a massive tra- – yeah, and shipping, of course. And we, we still have that but this is a massive, massive railway town. And look, my grandfather worked on the railroad. He's 93 years old. And I got to tell you, when he was born and raised up in the west end of Hagerstown, he goes back up. I mean, every once in a while, we'll stop back up there. I mean, it's just like it, it's it, back in the 50s and 60s. This was a vibe, really a, a, a cool place. Once we get 81 widened, which is the worst, 
we still have the availability to be a great shipping city, and we still have the access to three different states and D.C. You know, I really think logistically how the, how the county and the city should play this is market about the jobs that are here. Market about the fact you can go out on the weekend and buy your organic produce at a farm. Market about the distance to D.C. Hey, you can go two miles to D.C. and be in traffic an hour anyway. Huh. You're only I know that. From here. I, I mean, look, I, I, I drove up here, even though it's reverse direction, when when 70 shuts down in a way you you're stuck there's nowhere else to go i mean you go up 40 but that's it that unless you know some back roads and i know a few you probably know a few too but look i i agree with you i think that the city of hagerstown washington county specifically and boonsboro is a great example of a of a small town where they are developing in a way that makes sense i see it as smart growth people like boonsboro it's a good hometown feeling it's great public school you know but my concern is is that there's a negative perception that is wrapped around the city of hagerstown in some portions of washington county but the community doesn't necessarily do anything about it i don't see them pushing back the the way that I want them to see. Now, there's guys like you who do, because you got, like I said, you understand it, you've been there, you're, the, you're doing some really great projects. But, my again, my concern is, is that sometimes our local leadership, God bless them, they don't necessarily push back as strong as they could, Mike. They don't. And, and I see that you were down in Annapolis for Washington County Day. Um, I, we have a good profile in the sense that um, we're, you know, the, I say we, but Washington County has a, a you know, a, no, well, <laughs> I, I, but, but Mike, what, what do you make of the local leadership? Is, are they, are they working toward progress? Are they innovative? Are they forward thinking or do we need, do we have some work to do? So there's synergy there. Can they, can they, um, can they do more? Can, can they, um, yes. Are there, are there certainly some uh, aspects I'd like to change? Yes. Um, do I feel that, um, here's my opinion. You know, we, we have a city and in, in county that wants to go in zero debt, okay? Almost every city that took off went in some kind of debt. Bond rates are at 2%. You know, I really think we got to invest in the stadium. I really think we've got to make investments. And another big thing I'd like the county to think about, and they're not going to like this, they have like a $350 million base. The city of Hagerstown is like 30 of it. They should really cut taxes in Hagerstown because it's going to be payback in a sense. I think a big tax cut would cause a, um, a, a little bit more rehabilitation, which would cause other taxes to uh, come in. You mentioned the stadium. That's a hot topic in Hagerstown right now. In fact, Shelley McIntyre. I think we we've been talking about it for a long time. We've had the issue with the Suns whether they would stay or go. We we have a. Yeah. Similar to the Suns, it was never, it was never really full. 
But then when they did the stadium, everybody loves it now because it, everything around it got rehabilitated, and it's one of the best stadium stories in the country. Um, and it really, it really boosted but the city. now it's just a matter of location. Where in the city of Hagerstown would be an equitable spot for a location? Yeah, where's that? Yep. A little bit of trouble. Mm -hmm. It is near the cultural trail and city park, so you can incorporate a little bit. Site number two strong with uh, Church Street because it's right on Jonathan Street. Mm -hmm. You know, I really think Hagerstown's a big upswing coming, and it's only a matter of time. Yeah. So, what else is going on in in downtown? You don't limit your investments and in your development no, 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 no. to. Sold it to single families. I took a home on the 800 block of West Washington. Sold it, sold it to someone. Uh, fixed it up completely. A three-unit apartment building. Sold it for um, 150. So I, I try to do anything I think is going to benefit the city and benefit the area. But you, you, do you hire your own specific contractors? I yeah. mean, do you get involved in the the actual process of I flipping? Yes. Okay. I'm very heavily. You know, I've slowed down a lot in the recent two two years. But at one point, I was buying, fixing, and selling. Uh, 50 to 70 homes a year. Oh, wow. Um, I've done, since starting out in a one-bedroom apartment, never going to college, growing up, growing up without much, I, I've done over 1,000 real estate transactions, verifiable. I've paid off 100 million in mortgage debt. I've never negotiated debt. I'm like, I've never negotiated the interest. And, um, you know, some of that's like buying and refining, but still, from hard money loans and everything else, a big chunk of that was hard money. I've actually paid, I've paid off, and I've, I've maintained a flawless record now. Let's talk about some advice to, that you would give to young people like myself or to people who are in their early 20s that maybe just graduated, got a job, they're looking to buy a home. Let's get some how-to advice. What would be that, what would that be? Some, some how-to, okay? Number one, stay focused on the goal. The problem with home buying for someone looking to buy their first home is they go and they fall in love and they buy and they don't really think about it. Okay, your goal going in should be to get some kind of little discount on the home. And to be able to start... Does that take negotiating? Negotiating and starting with a little bit of equity. Wait till you get the right home for you. You know, now, now don't be so picky you walk out because of something on home inspection. But don't just jump on the first first home you see. Make sure it fits your needs and what you want. And always live under your limits. Don't overextend because you never know when something's going to come up. And if you overextend, it can knock you off your horse. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to that... People who are interested in buying the, a buying a home, it's a it's is it a complicated process, Mike? I mean, what would what would be your recommendation? How would you go through that process? I would not, not overcomplicate. Okay, so I go in. I, we can talk to a real we can talk to a licensed agent, or we can talk to an investor like me. And I, I try to like look at homes and I try to say, okay, here's a budget on this set. I'm not going to go over this budget. And um, I, I try to make sure that you know I'd like. They should probably try to start out with 5 or 10% equity and start out in a good place. Now, with that being said, I think anybody who buys or moves to downtown Hagerstown today is going to make a fortune in equity in 10 years. Hmm. So that's my bet. How much would you consider to put down on a home? Um, if 
Yeah. A lot of times I use hard money or credit money. So I'm just what is hard money? But people who, if, if, just break it down. So if you go out and you get a, a, a standard government loan for, for a house, um, it, how much you, seriously, how much did you, should you put down? Is it, was it the, the standard 20? Three, three to 20%. 20% is a standard government loan. Yeah. Three to 5% is USDA and FHA. Yeah. And how can you tell? Here's the question. How can you tell if you can really afford something? Because oftentimes I see people purchasing the, these big homes that they just can't afford. And then they go underwater, they go into foreclosure, and they end up, it changes their life. It impacts them viscerally. Oh my gosh, it does. You know, it's sometimes hard for me because i got so much going on. So sometimes I have stuff floating out there and it's costing a lot of money every month. Mm-hmm. It's, what is that called? House poor. Yeah, you don't want to be house poor. <laughs> you're spending, uh, if you're spending over, what, 35, 40, 50 percent of your income on a house payment, yeah, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. <sighs> but why? Is it because they want the McMansion, the, the big house, the, the statement? Well, in in down in downtown Hagerstown, let me ask you: um, if you were to buy a house tomorrow as a twenty-six-year-old young professional, where in the city of Hagerstown would you look? Um, you know what? I want to live in city center. You're gonna find this fun. And where's that? Right here. I've been offering all buildings right in this area. Yeah. I tried to offer on three of the apartment buildings recently. I was gonna take out the whole upstairs, make a flat, and I was gonna live down here. Do people like that? Urban style living in is they, that they growing? Which one? Fountainhead? Anything in Hagerstown right now, you're gonna get a discount. Anything in Washington County, best you know, worst case, you're normally buying at fifty percent of Frederick County. Mm-hmm. You're only eighteen miles away and we have much better highway communications, much wider streets. My, What do you think of Urbana in Frederick? Is that an up, up-and-coming community that they're building out right on the... Yeah, I mean, Urbana's more of a plan, like, loud-in-style community. <laughs> yeah. It's more like a big plan, like, major developer-type deal. And it's, it, it, it's, it's going good. You know, houses are expensive. Uh, a $700,000 house in Urbana is a $325,000 house in Hagerstown. But people will choose to live where their job is and pay that extra mortgage payment, and but... The problem that we have in Maryland, and we're hoping that this gets addressed sometime in the next couple of days, well, not days, but years, transit. Yeah, 
public transit, big, transportation. Big, big, big well, I think it's happened over the last 30 years, and, and it's horrible. There's no excuse for it, I think. It's, it's, it's unreal. You know, I, Is it, I go to D.C. sometimes, I take three hours for an hour drive. Yeah. And then the other one is, um, I, on certain times of the day, the other one is I-81. You know, we have, we have three states around us with four lanes. Why do we only have two? It's hurting the state. It's the main artery. And we have talked ad nauseum about widening Interstate 81 in that, what, 11-mile maybe yeah from west virginia to pennsylvania you have seen i have seen when any sort of accident occurs mostly it's with tractor trailers and that's that's a prominent route for um for uh, for (laughs) well it's huge Sure. But you're a Republican. Well, I, I, I am. <laughs> I, I am. I am a Republican. That's correct. But I've also, I've also supported a few Democrats. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's what I like to hear. And this is, this is one of the first podcasts that I've done that's been virtually apolitical. But I see. Oh, please go for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure most of that money did not go towards infrastructure. And it wasn't under this current governor administration. People think of Maryland as being a wealthy community, a pocket of wealthy communities. I live in Gaithersburg. You know, just right down the road is North Potomac. Potomac, which is like, you know, there's the Avenel golf course there. It's where a lot of wealthy elitists, and I don't say that pejoratively. It's just what it is. There's a lot of wealthy people who live there. But the problem that we have in the state of Maryland is that we have an infrastructure crisis. Our infrastructure is crumbling. I mean, and, and you said it best, 270. That was yesterday. I was at the Board of Public Works meeting in Annapolis. And... You know, we're, there's so many people pushing back on Governor Hogan's plan to, to widen 270 or the Capitol Beltway and to add tollings. Now, now I, why would, here's the thing. What, what do you take? What's your take on that? Take. We have a governor with had zero tax increases. When under a previous administration, we had 46 tax increases. Um, I think he works good at working with both sides of the aisle. You know, he, he does the right thing for Maryland. You know, he's, he's done quite a few times. He's done the right thing that's pissed the right off and pissed the left off, but he does the right thing, and I think that's why he's so popular. Um, you know, I'm a fan, but at, at, at the end of the day, when, when we look at this, it's so much better for everybody in Maryland, even if there is a toll temporarily to widen those roads. And I, I think, you know, Hogan definitely has his heart in the right place because, I mean, look at, look at how much easier it would be. And, and we shouldn't just widen with two more lanes. We should, we, we should really expand, you know, like really expand. What if we had an expansion of the Marx system that came up to Hagerstown? Because the closest Marx center, I believe, is Brunswick from people who commute into D.C. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that would help. But I also think like they have in Florida a lot of the overhead highways. Mm-hmm. Over so highways. like a double-decker highway. Like, well, like a double-decker, maybe widening the left local lane two lanes. And then, um, do we need to expand 70? You know, I, I, I think we do at some point. But I don't think 70 is a problem right now. I think 270 is a problem. I think it'll definitely jam up where it's two lanes. We should maybe add a lane. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that I-81 artery is going to give a big boost to all of Western Maryland. What industry do you see? I mean, you mentioned earlier manufacturing. What, what major industry, if we tweak some things in, in Washington County, in the city of Hagerstown, and we continue to make forward-thinking improvements, what industry do you see, Mike, could take a stranglehold here in the Washington County community? Um, i definitely say tech. Yeah. You know, huge tech. I mean, we've got gigabit internet. It's, it's only like, there's still only 150 cities. But then the Antietam cable problem with the, over the last couple of months has been a disaster for some people. Amazon. You know, Ohio, people from everywhere move for the jobs. People don't come to Hagerstown for the jobs. We've got over 6,000 skilled jobs, including hundreds of government contractor jobs that, that aren't being taken advantage of because the skilled people aren't in the community. But it's a matter of education. It's a matter, as you said, advertising, and for people to, to know where they can find that. Because if we had a, a renaissance of, of Hagerstown where people move into the community and it, it will only expand. I mean, if you have forward-thinking people, I use that phrase, but I mean that because... No, and but I also see people who are comfortable saying, I don't want that in my backyard, I don't want to build it, or that the stadium, we need to address X, Y, and Z before we build a stadium. And I've always been under the assumption that if you build something, then it's likely to grow and it's likely to come. Mike, I drove through downtown Hagerstown last weekend. I came to visit my family, as I would do on a weekend, and it reminded me how much I miss the Blues Festival, which was typically oh the God. first weekend yeah, in... Mike, that was a huge loss for this city. I, I mean, look, we have Oktoberfest coming up, but wasn't the Blues Fest sort of the marquee event of the city of Hagerstown oh every gosh. year? It, it was, I mean, devastating when we lost that. Yeah. What's that? Do you think that was incumbent upon the city to make sure that happened? Because, look, they, they lost it. I mean, that something went terribly wrong with the finances of the Blues Festival. And I know that... They did advertise. They got some bring. They got to bring in some great talent. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. I mean, it's heartbreaking, yeah, man. Okay. If you look at the benefit of all the people that came to the restaurants that day, all the 
people have spent the money in the city that day, and, and all the people that may buy something in Hagerstown because of that day, the benefit far exceeds the cost. Yeah. Do you ever think you'll run for office? No. I, I Is that a hard no? I have no intention of ever running for politics right now. Well, that's, that's affirmative, man. That's pretty hard no. Right now. Right now. And, and here's, here, here's, here's the reason. <laughs> Well, look at Emily Keller. Emily Keller, man, she's yeah. she's trying to do some good work in the community. That's great. Emily, and, Emily, Emily, for the community, Emily has worked really hard and does a lot of good things. And I just see a tax like that. And I mean, it's I, not fair. You know, I don't, I don't want the drama, the people trying to destroy your life, the people trying to destroy your reputation. Well, people are mean, and they can say and think they can say whatever they want behind the convenience of a keyboard. And most of the people who gripe about the city of Hagerstown, I've never seen them at any sort of community activity or event. You know what I mean? There's a funny story. The two police officers stand outside here. This guy was, like, yelling about how bad Hagerstown was one day. So I went up to him. I said, so why is Hagerstown bad? Hagerstown's great. I started telling him all the good stuff, and, like, really nicely. This guy tries to, this guy tries to fight you. It's just funny. He tried to fight you. Physically fight you. It was, funny. It was an altercation. Yeah. You know, downtown safe and you lose safe. I walk I walk the culture trail at eleven o'clock at night last night. I go to my buildings late at night. I find nothing scary about downtown Angerstown. It's not fifteen, twenty years ago. The city is great, there's downtown police station now, the community's active, it's really a, a great place to be. And if you want to double your money in ten years, mark my words. Isn't one of the crown gems of the city of Hagerstown our city park? I mean it's a cool park. Oh my gosh. I, I you know, and I'm not just saying this because I The city park is not probably is one of the nicest city parks I've in the country. Been, and I've never been to a city park that nice in a city of under a million. Mm-hmm. Ever. It's it's remarkable. We have a there's a museum. It's it's with well, our art. museum. The second thing, you know, we got paintings mm-hmm. from the 13th century. Mm-hmm. I, I went in there and I was like, they got this artwork here. It's it's so amazing. You know, and you got you got museums all over town. And plus, if, if somebody's coming here on vacation, you got the battlefield. You know, the Battle of Bloody Lane. You have so much going on here, so much active, and jobs. There are a ton of jobs here, and people should be flocking to this community. Mike, we, you and I are soon heading over to, to see Comptroller Francho, the tax collector of Maryland. Um, let's, uh, why don't you plug your business? Um, if people are interested in purchasing a house in the city of Hagerstown. So guys, what I do is I, I do both. I buy and sell properties. So I sell a lot of properties. Um, if anybody's interested, I, I do sell them a lot of them discounted below market. And I buy properties. And there's a lot to be said for a hassle-free solution. You know, when someone sells me a property, I'll volunteer to pay all closing costs, and I'll get the deal done in, you know, two, three weeks. They don't have to wait for a home inspection. They don't have to wait for an appraisal. Sometimes there's a lot to be said to go to bed at night and say, hey, you know, I know what's going on. I know what I'm doing with my home. And it's sold. And on the other, on, on the, on the other end of that, you know, people selling on the market do have to pay a real estate commission. They generally have to get two or three back for some back to closing cost, and they have a cost of time. Is it is it a better route to forego using a um, a standard real estate firm and instead look for an investors like yourself? I'm sure. Yeah. I was just featured in an international best-selling book. I wrote a chapter, and my friends 
book called No Agent Needed or Matt Terry, an epic <laughs> real estate investing podcast. I think they have like 30 million downloads. Yeah, and speaking of which, in addition, what, if people are interested in learning about real estate investment and getting involved in, in, in that industry, where would you go for a resource? Are you, are you, do you chair that or are you a... I, I, I was one of the guys that started it because, you know, I started going to Rio's and that's where I learned, so I wanted to help the community. It really doesn't make, it's not really a, a profit thing, it's more like helping. And we get 80 to 100 people a month. I don't sell a course, I don't sell anything. Um, there is a, there is a uh, general admission fee for the year, which enables us to pay for the room and pay for some speakers we have. Bring, I bring national guys I'm friends with to do hundreds of real estate transactions a year. Uh, we have local speakers, and what, what a lot of people get out of it is before the meeting, we have an hour of networking with other investors and like-minded individuals. Mm. What's so, it like to make that first transaction? The first time you sell something and you put all the energy of educating yourself? I spent three months looking for a real estate deal. I was just about to give up a lot of other business. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you are a success story. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Fitzgerald, uh, entrepreneur, real estate investor, extraordinaire in the city of Hagerstown, doing some great things. Um, we're here at the Flying Camel. It is Thursday afternoon. Uh, of course, Mike. No, I, I always look. I'm I'm transforming this show into more than just politics. I want to talk to people who have found success, who can share their success and educate others. It's the American story, man. It's another discussion for another day. Mike Fitzgerald, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, 
If you're listening, you could subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast on iTunes and CastBox and Google Play and Spotify. I'm there. Listen to um, me also and click on my website at aminordetailpodcast.com. Also, I cover Maryland news and politics at aminordetail.com. And lately I've been covering a lot of transit and uh, a lot of public transportation issues down from Montgomery County, the Beltway widening. So that's all uh, up there on the website. Thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Ryan Miner, and I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast. It's been great here in a Minor Detail. Thanks, man. <laughs>